Welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm Melissa Friedenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. Pearl Planning is a financial planning and investment management company located in Dexter and Gross Point, Michigan. We work with clients all around the country. The purpose of our podcast is to explore specific financial topics and provide advice you can use in your everyday life. Hello, and welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. This is Melissa Friedenberg in the Gross Point office, and this week I am going to be talking about a very timely topic, which is back to school. And in this back to school episode here in mid to late August, I am going to be talking about not just some financial tips, but just tips for kind of getting organized so that you can be your most productive self, which in turn, I guess, is uh, financially related, especially if you are a working parent and doing that transition back to school. These last few weeks in August can be so tough because childcare is limited. If your kids are older, um, camps and activities for the summer have winded down. And for my kids in middle school, they've already started fall sports. So they are not really occupied during the day. They're staying up late. And then my evenings are still comprised of drop-offs and pickups and different schedules every day. So it's a little bit of a hair on fire uh, situation. I always go into the year with best made plans to stay organized and really make my life easier with some of the best ideas that I would like to implement again for a smooth back to school transition as a full-time working mom. So I am going to start off one with a financially related tip, which is planning for the expenses that you know are coming up. So even if there are no uh, tuition expenses for your child's school, one thing that gets me every year, the extra costs of things. So whether it's sports, a lot of uh, in-school sports have extra costs to them to participate, whether it's fundraisers or uniforms or just, you know, a flat fee that you pay if your child participates in the sport. I know that's pretty common in the high school level. Also, in the elementary school level, there's often a suggested amount for the room parent for various parties or teacher appreciation, luncheons and such. A lot of that is collected in the beginning of the school year as well. Think of some of those expenses that are going to be coming up in the next month, writing them down giving an approximate value so that when all those papers come home or emails start coming out that first month of school, that you already have in your mind kind of what needs to be allocated for those expenses. Now, not so much even as a financial tip, but more like a sanity tip because uh, these next two weeks, the aisles of stores like Staples or Target or if you go to your local grocery store or office supply store, things get crazy in that back to school area. And going in there with a list from the teacher or from the school printed out can still get like totally daunting. I just know there have been years where I'm standing in Staples and looking for like five pocket dividers and all I can find are three pocket dividers. So many retailers have 
an online shopping option. One of the benefits of COVID, although some, I guess, did it before COVID. But if you're not aware, um, Target is one that did a really good job this year where you can actually pull up by school. A lot of schools submit their supply list and do either a pickup or a shipment. Uh, it may be getting too late for a pick or excuse me, for a shipment. So you may just be able to go through and decide on that list what you already have. Like I know my child's list had like calculators, scissors, things like that, that came home last year. So we don't need to repurchase You can just take those off the list. That way you can really keep it organized by if you have multiple kids in different grades or different schools, it gets a little bit crazy. So I highly, highly recommend as a way to, you know, prevent overbuying by having your kids there picking out additional things that aren't on the list, but also again, just for your sanity. And I know it's kind of a tradition to go back and get some items for back to school. So maybe save a few things off that list and do the rest of that bulk shopping in some sort of a pickup situation or a mailing, if at all possible. Now, this next one is more for as your kids get older, if you have younger or elementary school age, it may not be an issue just yet, but certainly something to start with the tradition of going back to school clothes shopping. If you are involving your kids in that activity, I will warn you when they become teenagers that it's important to set expectations as far as clothing items, as well as overall budget. Whether you're on a tight budget or the sky's the limit, it's certainly a great teaching opportunity. And I am going to link in the show notes here an episode to teaching kids about money, uh, where I talk about just getting them to understand how much things cost and setting limits and expectations. So whether your budget for back-to-school clothing is $1,000 or $100, making sure to involve them in that process of what things cost and what the limit is going to be and really budgeting their needs and their wants. So they may want 10 pairs of jeans and 15 sweaters, but if their budget for purchases is say $200, it's going to be really important to go through their closet and really figure out what they need. So is it a question of things that don't fit anymore? I know for my kids, it's their feet. Their feet grow so fast. Like they don't have school shoes that they can wear this year. They need new ones. They absolutely need those. Whereas with jeans, it's more like for my daughter of like what's in style versus that her jeans from last year don't fit her. So from a financial standpoint of making sure that you go into it with an amount set that you're going to spend on back to school clothes shopping. If you're feeling the pinch of inflation right now and things are tight, keep in mind, depending on the climate that you're in, that you can spread things out. Just because you're going back to school shopping in August doesn't mean that you need to buy sweaters and jeans, even though all the stores have those things and good luck trying to find summer items. But again, just really keeping in mind that you don't have to purchase a lot of these things, at least here, Michigan, in this climate, until at least October. So if you need to spread out those expenses for back to school, one of the ways to do that would be to hold off on that shopping excursion for as long as possible. The next tip that I have is not directly financial, 
but certainly for working parents, it's an organization thing. It's something that seems intuitive, but it's certainly something that can get put off, myself included. I am famous for printing off the school calendar and then just kind of putting it to the side on my desk and not actually putting it into my work, my Outlook calendar. So obviously every working situation is different. You may have set hours every week. Your schedule may change weekly. For me, if I do not put in things like concerts or half days or uh, breaks or just like three-day weekends, conference time, we have half days. So putting those in the schedule in my work schedule is so important. Again, it's an organization thing, but this can turn into a financial thing because one of the biggest stresses on working parents is the time that you have to take off for unexpected absences, even just for doctor's appointments or sickness. That has been a big one, especially these last few years with COVID needing to take time off. So if at all possible to plan ahead to have a sitter or a family member uh, for some of those half days that you know are planned out on the on the school calendar, super, super helpful. Now, not everybody has access to a sitter for those days. So I found just coordinating with other working moms or friends. So kind of looking ahead to the calendar and say, okay, we have this like half day in October where the kids need to be picked up at noon and another one in November. Would you mind, um, could we pick one and maybe one of us takes off one of those days and the other on the other day or same thing with like in-service days for teachers where there's a random day off here or there. Again, just having them blocked off on your calendar so that you can schedule meetings accordingly is helpful but also lining up the childcare so that that's less time off that you have to take and leaving yourself some time for sick days and things that come up along the way. The last tip that I have here, and this is one of my least favorite things about back to school, which is the lunches. If you're like me, in the beginning of the year, you set out like with great expectations of being this like perfect lunch maker mom Maybe you get ideas for these like intricate bento boxes from Pinterest, right? I mean, my kids definitely have much healthier lunches in the beginning of the school year with like fruit diced up and fresh vegetables. And I asked them like on Sunday, like, what should I get from the store for your lunch? And by June, there's literally like a Twinkie and a stale candy cane that I found in the back of the pantry. And I'm just so excited for school to be out and not to have to make lunches anymore. But when you think about getting organized for lunches, one of the biggest things that I plan to do this year is to really get my kids more involved in the lunch process. So whether it's hot lunch, looking at the calendar and telling me which lunches they want to participate in, having that on the calendar in advance. I do print that off after I, you know, order the lunches so that I have that right in the kitchen when I get up in the morning that I know whether I'm making a lunch or whether they're purchasing a lunch at school. But I'm also going to delegate the actual process of making the lunches to them um, more often. Obviously age appropriate, but it's something that I really have thought about doing and really haven't implemented. So I would say for all those moms out there getting ready for back to school, that 
whether it's the lunch making or laundry, as much as you can delegate to kids or your partner to take some of that load off of your shoulders, the better. I wish you all luck this year for a smooth transition back to school. And as always, if you found this episode helpful, please do share it with others. We greatly appreciate that. And thank you for listening. You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com or on Spotify. If you're interested in learning more about Pearl Planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter also found on our website.